What are the words? <laughs> Episode 51 of the Anchor Me Farm podcast. This is Brian. I'm Kara. And we don't have an agenda today at Unusual. all. Unusual. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to talk about stuff. I mean, we, we did have an event yesterday, which we'll get into. But first, we'll just recap some of the things on the farm. I actually made use of my time pretty well today. I went out and I took the tractor in the back. I figured the ice is, it's melted enough that I could maybe not slippy slide. There'd be enough soft ground that I could use without get, making giant ruts. And I was correct, but I, I wasn't really able to go as far as I would like. I, I was able to turn the compost a little bit, but that was it. And then I went to cut up some trees I cut down yesterday which were really, really hard because the trees are frozen and chainsaws don't work very well in frozen wood, which I didn't know. I was like, this, this is a new chain, what's going on? And that's what it was. So I chopped them up with a reciprocating saw and dragged all the pieces, parts up today. Yeah, because we kind of had a fake out weather. It was almost 50 the last two days. Yeah, high 40s. Makes you think spring's coming, but it's only February, so. Yeah, it's been just your typical crazy climate change weather all over the place. We were talking with uh, one of our friends, Sarah, uh, who's been a guest on the podcast before. We were talking with her today, and she said, well, at least we didn't have like last year. And that's true. Last year we had that really cold period that was down to minus 50 yeah. for a few hours. Uh, it was minus 50 with the wind chill, I think. Yeah, it was rough. It was intense. And of course, this year, everybody's prepped for super cold, and then instead we get super rain. So who knows what next year is going to provide? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably something totally different. Probably. So my, my pole barn is in jeopardy. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that because other stuff is starting to stack up. I've got a lot of fence to do in the summer, and I've got to do a privacy fence between us and our neighbors. Uh, the neighbor's dog runs over to our fence, and then our dogs bark, and then they bark, and it got pretty, it sounded scary, but they couldn't get to each other. And it's just, we need a privacy fence there. So it's going to be a long, arduous process because I don't want to take the whole fence down, and I don't want to build in a different location. So what I'm going to have to do is pick a spot, build a picket fence between two posts, connect the old fence to it so that there's only an opening for a few minutes, and then work my way across. So that's gonna be fun. There's a couple of places where I can use a, an old tree as a post. Maybe I'll just tell them put some pickets on the fence that's already there. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> but that's T posts, yeah. and those are not, you can't like really affix pickets to T posts. Zip tie everything. You just want me to buy those sections? Yeah. And just zip tie them? I mean. Kara has recently discovered zip ties as a way to do things. Not recently. And she's gone it's a little crazy. Not really. No, I mean, you you knew about zip ties, but it's not like you were always saying, give me some zip ties. For the past few days, you have been <laughs> like, you, you were going to zip tie something, and I told you, said, told me to buy them. And I said, well, I have a couple of bags of zip ties in the garage. I said, no, you don't. Yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, because it took three 
I basically took nine, so I got, I finally ordered the goat some heavy-duty brush heads. Like, I tried previously to order them, but for some reason they never got delivered. So I ordered them through Walmart because they're the cheapest. They're just like the deck broom things. They're the big wide wooden head for a push broom. Yeah. Quick editor's note. The reason we need this thing is because the goats need something to scratch themselves on. Either just rub their head against the brush and scratch the top of their head between where their horns would be. Or just rub their side against it if they got an itch. Yeah, or if they have like, during the in-between seasons when they're losing fur shedding, I should say. But I should really brush them anyway, but that helps with that too. Like if you go to any livestock website, they'll try to sell you like a nice looking brush, sure, but it's 40 to $60 and who has that? It's not any better than just buying a cheap broom head with hard bristles. So these were less than $20. We got two. I'm going to get more since they seem to be winners. But to hang them up on these posts that we have... Uh, took three, yeah, nine zip ties all together. Which sounds like she's going <laughs> nuts on this thing, but it, it's... I had the to zip go ties, all the way around. Yeah, the so. zip ties are smaller, and so she had to connect three zip ties together to make one big zip tie. Yeah. So that's kind of why it took nine. I'm trying to do this with all the goats crowding around me because they're like, ooh, what is this? Ooh, I want to play with it. And they're like brushing their heads against it and... It trying to eat even, the zip ties. It wasn't even on. Yeah, they stole the bag of zip ties for a while. I'm like, dipped. <laughs> and then Callan was eating the bristles. I'm like, that's not right. But it's not what it's for. <sighs> so it's always an adventure trying to do something good for them. Well, the new zip ties are the really like large ones, so we'll be able to go good. around a post now. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I'll have to order more. Hopefully, they'll show up. We'll have to order more of lots of things. Yeah, I'm always behind in my ordering. It's such a problem. We'll try it. We'll we'll check the pricing for those things. I'll probably next time I go to Home Depot, I'll. What things? The I probably should tell you what I'm talking about. Because this help. is what he does to me all day long. <laughs> <laughs> he just starts rambling, talking about something, and I'm like, I have no idea. There was no context before because I haven't seen you in a couple hours, so I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. It's like, oh, that's right. You weren't with me when I was thinking about this. The uh, the fence. Oh, yeah. I'll measure out. Next time I'm at Home Depot, I'll take a, a tape measure to those things and I'll see how they would lay out over there. Maybe I can just lift them over the fence and zip time. Or wire. I mean, wire stronger. So, whatever. We did that. Yeah, that's where I did the back. over there, so... And they're still up, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> we had three sections of wooden fence, like the pre-built kind, that were here before we bought the place. And I had to do a fence between us and our neighbors because the old fence was in the wrong spot. Same neighbors. Same neighbors. Uh, the, the, the previous owner had moved his fence over the property line, so I had to make a fence that was on the property line. And there's this place where the hill just takes a curve. And I took three 
of these wooden fence sections and just took aluminum wire and just tied them into the T-posts and followed the hill uh, in, in kind of a pattern. And yeah, they're still there. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's actually a, a proof that your method will work. See? <laughs> You think I'm crazy for just suggesting these random things, but... And I guess if they don't match up perfectly, I could patch between them with some wood. Yeah, it doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to be okay. Do the do the job, right? Good enough. Okay, we just took a little break because we had some excitement. <laughs> always excitement. The goats were over at their secondary feeder, which we can see from the sliding glass door, and they just kind of alerted to something down at the bottom of the property, or bottom of the fence. And we kind of had to stop to see what they were looking at, and I was like, I'll, I'll go out and investigate. And then we saw a couple of black shapes running past. They looked like dogs, like neighbor dogs. I and don't know. what It's too far for my vision, though. Could have been bears for all. I they know. were not bears. They were neighbor dogs. I they could were see, black. I knew that. I could see by the way their shapes were running that they were dogs. But I wanted to make sure that they were outside the fence, so I went out there and I've got a. Um, I apologize if you can hear that noise. Castle has found a, a toy that she's chewing on. It's her broccoli. Kara bought these two <laughs> broccoli-shaped, like indestructible toys, and they're like their favorites. But. Yeah. They're large and heavy, and the dogs will drop them, and it'll make a loud noise, and just chewing on them makes a loud noise. But it which, keeps them very content. Yeah, which is, I guess, the nature of our podcast. <laughs> but anyway, I, I went outside and you know threw my boots on, and I have this walking stick that I cut from one of the trees on the property that is typically just used for me to walk around on ice, or if I feel like an old man. Um, <laughs> if, I keep joking that I'm going to set it up like a wizard staff, put a crystal on the top or something. But, but uh, haven't gotten around to that yet. But uh, it, it would serve as a way to defend myself if I really needed to. And I just kind of walked down there and walked the perimeter of the fence and everything was intact. So those animals were outside the fence, which will be less of a problem as I fence more of the property out. That really scared our goats. They were very hyper aware and making noises. They make like this little... Grunt almost like I don't know how to describe it. But. And they really don't like to go down there because there's animals back yeah, there. Yeah, there's so always something back there. I could have the best leaves for them, and they'll only go down there to chew on those leaves while I'm down there. Yeah, they know we don't have a guardian dog, but I did let our puggles out, Finia and Scotland. Not that. Which physically not a threat to anything. I mean, anything. They're, they're small, but they're loud. So there's that. Because Scotland's the one who told us about the owl. So That's true. They're both very good at, at alerting. But they had an encounter with the neighbor's dog today. That's the reason for the privacy fence. And yeah, but you know how that went. It's just they bark at each other through the fence. So if those two large dogs had gotten into an argument with our dogs... There wouldn't have been any physical confrontation, thankfully, because of the fence, but they wouldn't have run those dogs off. Or maybe they would have. I don't know. It depends on the personality. I, I think they would have run a wild animal off because uh, natural predators do a calculation when they're thinking about attacking something. Because if you're out there hunting and you get injured, even if you win, 
the fight and you get injured, that affects your ability to hunt in the future. So a lot of natural predators are risk averse. Yeah, and there's another yeah, another case to get the donkeys. She's going to use everything to, as an <laughs> argument for this. Because, I mean, they're not... I would not qualify them as a, you know, like a guardian dog, but people use them because they're loud, because they will let you know if there's something not right going on. And it's important, especially if we weren't right here and watching. I mean, who knows? Yeah, it's also... That's why I use the heavy fence for the perimeter. I don't want to have to worry about things wearing out. Uh, it's more expensive, but it's what it's the best way to go. And I've even thought of using lighter, cheaper fence and then replacing it later, but that's never going to happen. Once you have the fence up, you're not going to mess with it again, unless you really have to. So it's and just a, and with goats and stuff because they'll rub on it. Do you want to use 5 billion T-posts in between or just get a better fence to begin with? Yeah, because when the goats rub on the lighter fence, they warp it. Yeah. And when they rub on the heavy gauge horse fence, it withstands it. And it stays or in the same the shape. Or tree falls on it. Like, we've had two so far, but the, we're, the fence is still usable, so. Yeah, yeah. Once you chainsaw the tree away... The, uh, the the first case, the fence was actually holding the tree up. It was it was smooshed, but it was holding the tree up. And the second time, it was a spruce, so the tree's branches broke the fall and took some of the weight. But in both cases, I was able to just bend the fence back into shape and yeah. resecure it. If it was that cheaper fence, we'd have to replace that fence. Oh, it would have been pancaked, yeah. So It would have been no-go. That particular section, I had it stuck to a tree. I was using a tree as a post. It would have been ripped off the tree. It would have been just flattened and mangled up to the point where you can't use it. But the heavy stuff, it's such a fight to get that stuff done, but it is worth it. And now I've got to think about how aggressive. That's another thing about the pole barn is I, I want to be really aggressive with the fence, especially now that we just had this happen. So it's it, there's not going to be a time for me to learn how to build a building. Yeah. Which means another compressed, compacted gravel pad. Right. So you got to add that on to the costs, which so far they've been around $1,000 each, depending on the length, width, etc. The size of it, the amount of material. Yeah. But it's been about that, and if we get a smaller building, it'll probably be a little smaller, so we'll see, or a little cheaper, but we'll just round up, let's say. So. We'll have to price it all out. I'd like to have a Dutch door for the donkeys, because we're not going to have a big barn with stalls. We're going to have a little bitty house for them, so they can be cozy, and we're going to, I would like to have a, a, a proper Dutch door. Well, I love Dutch doors, but the old sheep house had one, and then water got into the top part, and it never closed the same, and it's it's been a fight. But that's, that's because that's a cheap door. That's true. It was a cheap building, cheap door. So maybe if we get one that's better built. Or make one. I can make, yeah, we can make one. Make one that's nice and solid. We can We, we can get the building and then make improvements to it. Yeah, that's what we've been doing with 
I mean, we haven't really had a chance with the other buildings, but... It's been too wet all this time. The compost pile is gigantic now. <laughs> and I just, I'm going to just spread it around the property. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's... I'm going to use it as fill dirt for some depressions in the property. That's what I said in the very beginning, but someone didn't want to buy that. <laughs> well, because you wanted to throw the just the pine shavings on it, which I guess would by this point it would have composted down. But this is going to be not just pine shavings, but the actual decomposed stuff that you can almost use as dirt. But now what? You know what? Whatever. Let's just throw it. I'm tempted to just empty out the bedding every day into that area. <laughs> but we may have to throw topsoil on top of it at some point to get grass to grow back. But Eventually, it's going to decompose and compress enough that you can grow grass again. Yeah. So I don't want to go crazy with it. The, the depression that I'm thinking about filling in had a bunch of weeds that we don't like. So I don't mind burying them and completely killing them. And we didn't have grass there anyway, so it's not like we're taken away from anything. Yeah. In fact, we had a guy with an excavator scrape up a, a bunch of plants that were toxic to goats. Yeah. And the trees kind of curve that way, so grass doesn't really grow there, just weeds. Not a lot of light. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing is I've got a lot of forestry to do. A lot of these tiny trees, the large trees require professional help, but a lot of the smaller trees I can take out myself. It's just a lot of walking up and down the hill. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of... of Landscaping work and a, and a lot of uh, carrying things. Maybe we'll get a trailer. Well, again, this is where donkeys come in. Yeah, I know, but we're not going to have them. We're not going to get baby donkeys this summer and have them instantly trained to pull a cart. Well, no, but this is their practice. You train them to do this stuff. I'll, I'll need something else in the meantime. So. We should get a, a trailer for the tractor. That I can fill up at the bottom of the property and drag it back to the top. Fine. <laughs> Which is cheaper than what... The, the, the proper way to do this would be to use a lawn tractor. But we don't have one anymore. We just have the real tractor. So that'll be what I use. So we'll get a larger trailer that's just for that. Yeah. I mean, you want your side-by-side, -side, but you could get a cheaper four-wheeler and get a wagon for that. It'd be a lot cheaper, to say. That's true. People do have four wheelers, but that's not the same. You can't like you can't sit next to me on the four wheeler. When would I ever really though? I you can would. sit behind you. That's true. You can pretend you're a motorcycle, dude. That's true, but you would definitely <laughs> ride in the side by side with me. We don't. When I mean, anytime you want to go up the hill, we're not going to have the side by side until most of the property is fenced out. It's, this is years away. The whole place is going to look totally different by the time we get the side-by-side. Right. How much are you thinking these four-wheelers are? Because they're not cheap either. They're like probably a quarter of the price you're thinking. Well, because they don't have a dump truck thing. They don't have a winch on the front. No, because they're just to get you from point A to point B. When we've fenced out more and it becomes more of an effort, right now I can't justify a vehicle to drag me up the hill. Okay. Uh, but like I said, when we get a vehicle, we're going to have a lot more fenced out and it's going to be more of a significant effort to walk back from wherever we are. 
Because you got to remember, when I talk about walking up and down the hill, it sounds like I just don't want to like exercise, but this would be us going down the hill, doing a bunch of physical work, and then coming back. And you also have to carry things because you're going to need tools and stuff. So it's it's going to be, when you're coming back up the hill, you're already going to be tired before you start. Are you, are you ever, you're not planning on ever going down there, are you? You don't want buildings down there, you just want to use it for forage for the goats? Well, I plan on going down there, but there's no point in putting buildings down there because if we have buildings down there, then we'll have animals down there. And are you lugging water down there? Because I'm not. I was going to put people buildings down there. No, people don't even want to go down there. <laughs> you don't know. No. Yeah. We can we can start building things, and if you build it, they will come. Mm, they won't go that far. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I mean, trail hikes, yeah, but you don't need a building. We'll just have benches in places. We, we definitely need flat spots and benches. We don't need buildings everywhere, though. We just need our little village, and then... Well, it's not like I have a special building gun and I'm just going to shoot it <laughs> automatic oh, along the property. Wouldn't that be nice, though? <laughs> like, building here. <laughs> I'm talking about building a couple. We'll, we'll see what we can do. Everything's going to change between now Maybe and Maybe like then. a gazebo, but I don't think a building is necessary. Everything's going to change so much between now and then. We'll, by the time we actually are going to do this, we're going to have discussions with totally different situations so we'll see we'll see what comes up right now we're just kind of fantasizing about what we might do yeah but i guess we should talk about yesterday because we did we did have an event it was the first the fundraiser i call it i don't i kept changing the names of course it was like a valentine's party because it's not quite valentine's day yet but that falls in the middle of the week. I don't even know what day that is. But Valentine's party, fundraiser, and bake sale. So the bake sale proceeds were going to go to the farm. I mean, most of my money I make goes to the farm anyway, let's be honest. I buy ingredients, and then the rest goes to the animals. Yeah. I don't have a salary. I don't make anything. Is so technically it is the what it is. bakery donated a bunch of food. <laughs> I guess is how that goes. Well, I still gotta take the cost out of the ingredients and that aspect, but because gluten free is not cheap, so yeah, that's yeah. true. And I paid for advertising. I actually did. Uh, I only do Facebook and Instagram because social media is the only way, the cheapest way to go right now for me. So I did a boost on the bakery side and on the farm side just to see what was to happen. That way I got, you know, gluten-free people and then you got your farm people. They're kind of a different crowd, but I mean. They enjoy goats too. Yeah. So, so we got some people for the bakery, and then we got some people for the farm stuff. The biggest difference from other events we've had is we had two volunteers. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Dawn usually volunteers when she's able and is such a huge help. But we actually had two... I want to call them girls because they seem so young. 
They're but. millennials, so they're they're basically grown they're, women who've already like been working professionally for a while, but they're not they're not as old as us. But and everyone seems young to me because I feel so old. That's the weird thing is when you get past I, I don't know maybe forty, people in their twenties start looking younger and younger to you, like high school kids. Yeah, and then actual high school kids they look, look like even. They're- Preteens. Yeah, it's it's a weird perspective, but it's like they've already got history. They're they're old enough to have like they've lived life, right? But we're we're older, so we're thinking like, well, you get out of high school like five minutes ago? No, no, <laughs> that was years ago for them. It's <laughs> crazy to think about, but yeah, they offered to volunteer. And they were going to come last week, but one of the ladies wasn't feeling well. So I'm like, don't don't worry about it. Yeah, don't push yourself. And I don't want to get sick. So they came out. It was perfect timing, really, because I needed the help. Because, you know me, last minute things, I hadn't even decorated the shop or anything. So they came. You weren't screwing up. You were... Trying to do 8,000 things. You had a lot going on. I did have a lot. I tried to decorate. I rearranged the shop because the way it was was annoying me. It's still annoying me, but it's a work in progress. And I, so the, for the farm side, it was Valentine's Day party where we're trying to raise money for the people house where we can have, host the events all year round. So we want to get another bigger shed type thing that we can do that in. But, you know, it A needs building money. to use as a kind of like a clubhouse. Yeah. So that was the intent of what the thing was for. Obviously, we didn't reach our goal. But so the Valentine's party was you come and you hang out with the goats, you can take pictures with them, which you can normally do, but I was going to get all professional about it, but obviously I ran out of time and I was kind of in five billion places. And you can, I had like a card station set up inside the shop where you can make your Valentine a card with different materials and things like that so that was on that side and then the bakery I always go overboard when I bake stuff because I have all these ideas (laughs) and I want to execute them all so there was lots of treats and of course baking you can never predict the time you'd be done and I always run late so there's so when the volunteers got here I realized how little parking we have left after we fenced everything out. The, the goat yoga area was going to be parking, but it's the only like flat area that we have. Like, there's no other place on the property where we could do goat yoga besides that. So we had but to fence that out. Also winter, so there is snow covering half of the parking. Right. I, it, it's just the area that I cleared out, and, and with. The snow there, you can't park along the road on our property behind the fence. So it's just the parking is limited in winter. And when two people show up, 
all the vehicles here tend to be large because they tend to be all-wheel drive and people have to pack it full of stuff when they get supplies. And Pe we're Maine. So. We're Maine, so people have larger vehicles. And then, of course, people have trucks. And in the United States, there's a history to this, but there was an effort to make car manufacturers build more fuel-efficient trucks, but there was a loophole in the law that if you made the truck large enough that you didn't have to do it, so car manufacturers just started making really large pickup trucks and they did all these commercials mm -hmm. to make people feel like, to make guys feel like they're a real man if they have a giant pickup truck. So you can't buy a normal sized pickup truck in the United States, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to buy a giant truck. <laughs> so, well, so my sister has a smaller truck, but... No, no, that's still a large truck. I mean, like, I... You can't fit as much in the back. We've we found that out. <laughs> well, because there's an extended cab. So are you a truck or not? So my my dad used to have a four-cylinder manual transmission truck that was fine. And it was, like, half the size of some of these trucks I've seen around. But but that's that's how they're manufacturing those nowadays. So even if you don't want a giant truck, you're probably going to get a giant truck. No. Uh, that's the only way you're going to have a bed to put stuff in. And on top of that, this is, again, it's Maine. So some people live on properties where you need big tires and definitely all-wheel drive just to get past your own driveway. So we can expect a lot of large vehicles. Yeah. And the volunteers took up essentially two large spaces with their vehicles. And we had nowhere else for them to be. And then when Don showed up, that's another vehicle. And I, I had our car parked outside. So when Don got here, I, I had her back up a little bit and I moved our car into the garage, which I should have done earlier. Yeah. But it's just for three people to help us, that's three vehicles. And that's a lot of, that's a lot of space lost. And the logistics of parking next to somebody, you have to have room to turn around. So if you're lucky and the event is popular, which it was... A lot of people came in. Surprisingly. Middle of February. We ran out of space pretty quick. <laughs> so that means that in future years, I need to think about this when I do snow removal. Yeah. I need to make more room. It, but it's really hard because the giant snow plows go down the road and they make a big old snow bank on the edge. So it's it's we're going to have to do our best to improve the situation. Because we did. We had, we had a lot of people that came in and, and enjoyed the goats. And... Yeah, which was great. And it was like all new faces. I don't think I recognize. I mean, Sarah came by, obviously. But like the majority of the crowd, I believe, were all new. Maybe because I boosted the post. And they're I didn't even know you existed. And we're only in Augusta. And like, that's sad because. But that's the here. best part is that's what we love to hear the most is I didn't even know you were here because now yeah. they do. Now they do. And hopefully they'll come back and yeah. for either like the farm mm. or the bakery. We have matter. plenty of parking for the normal traffic that we want of people coming in, grabbing something from the shop and going. Yeah. You know, it's just Open. events. Open Farm Day, we noticed it was a problem. People were parking in the street, which, not in the street, like off the side. There's like a big... There's a portion where the telephone poles are, uh, where there's a lot of room uh, between the poles. And people can just 
pull over onto our our property um, just alongside the road. Yeah. So but that's little, only when there's not a snowbank there. Right. So it's a little easier, but I mean, it is what it is. We can't not fence off areas. That's just not. And parking, it, what are the chances? We don't have an event every day. We're not going to give true. up space. A lot of it is because we don't live on a flat piece of land. So we we had to build all of our stuff near the front. Yeah. If we were on, if we had gotten the kind of place Kara wanted in the beginning, where the house is <laughs> like 200 feet from the road, none of this would be a problem. There'd be so much parking. Mm. Uh, we'd, we'd probably have to, in a place like that, the septic tank would probably be in front of the house. That'd be our luck. And we'd have to <laughs> mark out, do not park here. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But But then we'd have bad internet if we had a place like that. So... The place we got is pretty good, and and we can work it out. We made it work. Made it work. I mean, like the people who are helping are volunteers. People could easily park in front of them. We just need a parking attendant. Is really what it comes down to. Well, that's kind of what I was doing. Yeah. So we just need like someone up front manning that, and then someone with the goats, and then someone in the shop who can help customers, which. Technically, I guess, I mean, I don't know. I'm like, I want to be with the goat, but I guess technically I should be in the shop explaining stuff. You should float around. I should I should be a floater. So there should be four people, ideally, which, how are you going to get four volunteers? Maybe one day. It's very unfortunate that there is an actual professional business word called <laughs> floater. Oh, yeah. And if you're a floater, you go... Through different parts of the store, different positions, providing assistance to whoever needs it. Well, restaurants have and, it too. Yeah, you do back in the house and front of the house. You gotta know everything. So, so. because you don't know like where the need is gonna be, like you're staffed, but you know, if these people have a hard time right now, go help them. And then, oh wait, no, these other people have a hard time. Go help them. But the name of the thing is floater. <laughs> it should come up with a better name. And it's it's because... one of those things. That there's a lot of jokes to make. <laughs> It's dirty. It's an unfortunate name. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're actually in a restaurant or some kind of retail place and they say that word, everybody knows what it means and nobody laughs. But yeah. if you say that outside of that environment, like, you're a what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bad. But it was pretty fun. It we did. met some new people. And I got some good feedback. People seem to like the food, which is ideal right because you always want that so hopefully they'll keep coming back the best way for us to grow is the farm shop if we could just have people come and buy things from the farm shop that's the best well for the bakery but the thing is the bakery when the bakery expands it takes your time yeah so and it also takes my time because i have to deliver to wholesale places so the best case scenario is for you to stock the farm shop for people to buy from there. But it's been hard in winter. Like I try experimental stuff and I put it out there, but our freezer is jam-packed. And people yeah. just don't want to come out in winter, which is People hibernate. It's hard. Problem. So it's, it's really hard. But, it's, but I'm still running the business. I still have bills. I still, you know. But the business is still supporting everything else. And 
like the business, the the bakery is how we pay for feed, how we pay for like for hay, for pine shavings, for all the stuff. So we want the bakery to expand, but we don't want to completely double or triple the time you spend. So that's why the farm shop is the best place. Yeah. I'm trying to like make it as comfy and cozy as possible for people to come in and and you have a lot of fun making things for the farm shop when you know that people are coming. Oh well, yeah, during the summer I'll do special stuff for like this event. I mean, I have fun baking, don't get me wrong. It it's a lot of work for me, but to come up with these ideas, I tried out a new recipe the other day for whippy pies, which I know everybody loves. And I'm like, I don't like to do the normal things that people do, but they love them. And hopefully people love these because they were ginormous, but they were vegan. So I did like a chocolate cake. It was pretty good. And this is my first, you know, pilot experiment with this recipe. Prototype. Prototypes. I guess. So, Prototype. But they're the first things that sold. There was only like six of them. Because people know what those are. Yeah. So I found a shelf-stable thing that I can use in place of like a buttercream. So it's not real buttercream because it's shortening, which if you tell people, oh, it's shortening, and they're like, I'm not going to eat shortening. But if you flavor it well and do it like that and just kind of not kind of sweep it under the rug, so to speak, then it's shelf-stable. There's no no bad things with the state of Maine because I cannot do buttercream with my home licensed kitchen. Right. In order for her to do buttercream, we would have to have a commercial kitchen in the house. The Which, license that she has... Well, you can't do it in the house. It'd have to be a separate building. Oh, Which, we'll see even more. So maybe the, someday is hopeful, but... But the thing is, a, pro, a, a professional commercial kitchen is involved yeah. with all that. So you can't do buttercream. You can't do anything refrigerated. Everything that you work with has to be shelf-stable. So baking is fine. But when people say, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? It's like, well, I can only do stuff that's shelf-stable. Yeah. So finding a way to do a whoopie pie with all shelf-stable ingredients kind of it defeats the problem. It gets around the, the issue of not being able to make whoopie pies. So now you can do that. Now I can do, I can do other things with that too. If people are okay with that, like I never even thought about shortening, but then I was like, wait a minute, let me look into this. And it's vegan. It's gluten free. It tastes good. Cause it's, you know, fat. I mean, <laughs> You flavor it right, and you never notice, I feel. And I use, like, organic powdered sugar, and it's all vegan stuff. I use uh, freeze-dried strawberries for the filling as well because it was strawberry and chocolate. So freeze-dried fruit is shelf-stable. So, I mean... The reason that she keeps talking about vegan is because... Oh, so many vegan customers. Yeah, we have a lot of vegan <laughs> customers. So the the thing we're always looking for she she's always trying to make a product that tastes good for everybody and if someone says hey wait is this vegan she can say yes yes and then if someone's not vegan they just eat it and they love it and it's fine and they don't care because 
but it would be a barrier for a vegan if it has egg in it or something like that. So Yeah, if you're gluten-free, usually it's a side allergy. You have issues with dairy. You might not be vegan, but you definitely will have issues with dairy because I have issues with dairy. I've had issues with dairy first until I found out I had celiac. So It's very common to have lactose intolerance and celiac at the same time. Yeah. So most of my stuff is dairy-free, if not vegan. And then the occasional like chocolate chip cookies I make for him because he loves them. But it's so. kind of funny to me that when people try your stuff, everybody's accustomed to eating cardboard. And the industry of gluten-free and vegan... They kind of they kind of get away with stuff because hey you it's vegan what do you want from us right we we made it where you can eat it you're fine and the quality is not that great and then when Kara tries it she's like no this needs to be awesome this needs to taste better yeah so (laughs) you know on the farm or construction my good enough theory it doesn't hold up in the kitchen I'm like there is no good enough here at I taste everything, even if I don't like, like I mentioned, I don't like chocolate. I know it's crazy. Pastry chef who doesn't like chocolate. But if I don't want to eat a second bite, I throw it out and don't even think twice about it. Because, no, I'm not going to put you through that. (laughs) Which is why it's so weird that she could slap something together out on the farm and say, eh, and then walk away from it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know it's like I have such high standards in the kitchen but everywhere else I'm just like but that's how I saw you that's how that's <laughs> where I knew of you and then when we started doing this and you're like it doesn't matter and you slap it <laughs> there's no time though like most of my times in the kitchen in the housework it's like I vacuumed and it doesn't even look like I vacuumed like well good enough <laughs> Oh, and after everybody, <laughs> because everything was so warm, we had a lot of mud and a lot oh, of freshly gosh. melted snow. It's so, like mud season early. We're not supposed to get this for another month and a half. Yeah, mud, mud season is spring. The ground can only absorb so much water at once. So when the snow starts melting, the ground gets oversaturated and you got mud everywhere. And that's when people walk in and out of a building and leave horrible mud tracks. Oh, yeah, the shop. I've cleaned it with so many wipies. And even if you try your best (laughs) to stomp it out, you're not going to stomp out all the mud. We need to get one of those uh, boot brush things. Yeah. Where you stick your foot in there and it's got brushes on three sides. I don't think it would help, Bruce. It's. Oh, I've seen them before. I've I've used them. They they do they do help a lot. Okay. Um, yeah. It's not a hundred percent, but the the shop would have been significantly nicer. Have like a water bath outside <laughs> or something. I don't know. It was it was nasty. Gasoline powered pressure washer. Show me your feet. <laughs> and if I was if I like thought about it, I'd be in there cleaning. It's a small shop. I there's not enough room. And I don't want to be in the same space with so many people. It kind of gets a little overwhelming. It's a little different outside, but if you're inside, it's like, ah. That's like the, why I don't go to the grocery store. So it's... Yeah. 
I apologize to people if I was like scatterbrained. I'm sure our volunteers are just like Danielle and Casey, by the way. They're that's their names. They're not called volunteers. They're they're actual people. <laughs> so, they're actual they're live actual, people. And they were amazing. I love we didn't, them. We didn't make them up at all. <laughs> no. And it, uh, I just can't say enough about how grateful I was for them to be there. But so, yeah, it was just, if I was in there, I'd be cleaning every, and it's just, blah, it was so frustrating. After a while, I was just like, I can't even look at it. I can't look at it. <laughs> but end of the night, I cleaned it. And of course, this morning, there's still marks. So I got to clean it at night, clean it in the morning. I used the Swiffer wipies because... It's a wood floor that I stained. There's no, nothing else is going to work, really. You can't yeah. use a mop. It's wood. So, yeah. I know it's, the mic is probably picking it up, but Aberdeen <laughs> is sawing some serious logs. Now she's finally settled. <laughs> she's asleep and snoring like like a professional. Yeah, she's such a good sleeper when she's actually <laughs> asleep. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of exciting to have Danielle and Casey because... I was telling them at the end of the event, before they took off, the, the fact that they can be up here helping you with people means that you can have an event up front and I can be in the back of the property working on the fence. Yeah. I can be elsewhere getting other things done. Whereas before, if we had an event, there was no work on the farm whatsoever. Right. Uh, because both of us were required. So... If it is, it's not even hard work. It's just like standing there and chatting with people and helping them with what they need. Like, yeah, or just like being around the goats and making sure you know there's no chaos. And I think they said they wanted to come back, which was even better after they witnessed all of that. So, <laughs> yeah, they, they they were around <laughs> us for a few hours and yeah. they. That they they have they weren't horrified they were like they weren't this scared up. away I'm out <laughs> which is amazing it's just uh it warms my heart because that's the whole purpose of this the nonprofit like the bakery is great and I love the bakery but the nonprofit I really want that to grow more and I can't do it alone so yeah. the more people that can help and get the word out I think. We'll actually get somewhere and help more people. I know I keep saying I'm afraid of people, but the object is to help people. Right. It's ironic, I know, <laughs> but that is what we're trying to do. I think a lot will change when we get the, I don't know, the clubhouse. We have a. Well, you. Call that's what the we sheep. call we call the sheep, uh, the the shelter logic hoop thing. We call that the clubhouse. So we'll have to come up with a better name we could change the names well but then we get confused that's We're true old. <laughs> that's true so we'll come up with a name for the people building yeah but once we have that you can have more defined events yeah i got big plans like we're gonna have a couple different sessions with goat yoga with different instructors that would be like Depending on your skill level and what you want to do, I think it'll be very exciting. And they're both excellent people, so 
And then I'm trying to find an art teacher. So if you're listening and if you're some sort of art instructor, teacher, even a student who wants to start teaching people, like drawing or painting or something that you can be cool with doing it around the animals, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Same deal as the yoga instructor? Well, I feel like we might change it up a little. Maybe we, we should probably take a little bit of a cut, maybe raise the price. We were doing $15, and the instructor got the whole thing, but if we do 20 we take some of it because we kind of need the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're providing the animals and the venue, so we'll take some of it. The instructor gets most of it, and, you know, we basically, goods, so. we basically construct the situation so that everybody wins mm-hmm. and it's worth everybody's time. Yeah. Because we want the instructor to be happy that, that they were here and we want them to come back. Exactly. So we, we figure out a way where everybody gets ahead. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I think it's reasonable for us to take a cut and give most of the instructor. Yeah. Like charge per person for the class or something. Well, that's what we're that's like a venue fee, but a lot of venues would charge a flat fee, and you'd have to defeat that, right? But yeah. But in our case, we're like, no, if, no per person. If no, if if you don't make money, we don't make money. Yeah, if no one shows up, obviously <laughs> instructor doesn't need to come, which makes me sad. So I hope people sign up more and will start advertising more and get the word. There's out. so much to learn. As we get into this. It's crazy. There's but so many skills that we have to to get and so many patterns we have to figure mm-hmm. out because we don't have anybody that does exactly what we're trying to do and it's hard to explain what we're trying to do. Yeah, I just finished. So I had to, going back to non-profit stuff, so I had to write this case statement. A case statement is basically, it's hard to explain. It's you know when you're in advertising and it's like that, what, what are the words? What are the <laughs> words? You're trying to make the case for why people should support you, basically. Is it like kind of like a business plan? No. Well, in a way. But so a case statement is in you're making the case for your For your why we quest. exist and okay. why you should donate. So basically, you tell the beginning, you tell your story, you got to get personal, which was super hard. That's why it took me so long, because all the other stuff is easy. I know exactly what I want to do, but trying to get personal and tell some of my... I didn't tell the entire story. Someday, I will, I promise. And then, so tell the story, you have to come up with data, like... Actual, I can't say that word ever. Systemic? No, statistics. Statistics. Yeah, that's the word. Statistical data. I could never come, I I can never say that Just say data. Data. So you got to come up with the facts. Okay, there we go. The facts with. (laughs) So to quote, you know, when you were in college, you do these term papers, you got to quote. Where you got references these references and stuff. And stuff. Yeah. I don't even remember how to do that properly. But it, quotations and where you got the source, right? I mean, 
And then I got a couple of quotes from people that have come here and know what we're about. And every time I read them, it was just, it made me cry, to be honest. They were very endearing, and I appreciate all the support. The reason Kara is doing all this is because she's trying to learn how to write grants. And a lot of these steps are involved in writing grants. Yeah, because when you go to people who have a lot of money, they want to know exactly who, what, why, when, where, and how. And they've got a stack of papers on their table of all of these people asking them for the grant. So you have to you compete gotta, for that. Yeah, you got to stand out. you got to, yeah. And you have to be able to describe exactly what you're doing. And for us, it's kind of tough because we haven't built all of it yet. So we can't point at it. We have to just kind of describe what we're going to do later. It's, it's kind of like when Kara started the bakery. She started with like nothing. The very first step of it is she was going to do a cupcake business with a small toaster oven <laughs> yeah, in her silly. kitchen, which looking back is kind of funny, but that's what she was going to do. And, and it, it grew from there. And we've mentioned this in other podcast episodes. You, you, when you grow a business slowly, you take smaller risks and you can withstand problems a little better but it also takes forever yeah and if we'd had some giant capital investment to start the nonprofit, it would already be built and people would already be here so it's hard because most nonprofits, you don't hear people starting from nothing yeah. they usually have a backer there's support and we literally started this from nothing from zero <laughs> i felt a need that it had mm. to happen because there's nothing like this that exists mm. especially in maine you have equine mm. therapy things that exist which actually you have to pay for and mm. they say they'll take insurance and i mean if our insurance this is part of my case statement to be honest our insurance wouldn't pay for a regular therapist who's gonna pay for an equine therapist i got it i mean i don't know right <laughs> and we're not medical professionals we're kind of just providing the place yeah but you need you need money for all that and we got to build facilities that we wouldn't normally like we wouldn't normally build a people building here on the property that's yeah, just for the nonprofit. we would yeah. Only have animal buildings and storage buildings. And a, lot, and a lot of the donations goes towards providing for these activities, like doing the coloring with goats. We need coloring materials and tables and stuff like that. And then when you have something that requires animals, you have to maintain those animals. Yeah, so we're getting more into the nonprofit now and... and we're coming up on an hour, so we should probably close up. Yeah, but well. it's <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of crazy to see all those people in the place and see exactly how our parking would work out. So that's one of the challenges that we have this summer. Yeah. It was probably only because if it were a snowy, cold February day, like... Nobody would have showed up. Nobody would have yeah. showed up. Let's be honest. It's but a it warm was, spring day. It in was the middle 49 of degrees in February on a Saturday, which is crazy. And the sun was out, which you never see in winter. So, yeah, that was that, that was also insane. I'm like, where are my sunglasses? <laughs> but 
Yeah, it was crazy. Next year is probably going to be totally different. Probably. Do we do another Valentine's party? I don't know. The next thing is, do I do a St. Patty's party? Because that holiday is a little more meaningful to us since all of our animals are named after Irish towns. Except the newer ones because we ran out of Irish towns. I had to move to Scotland. But, um... So that's the question. We'll we'll have to let you know. We'll do case by case. We'll see what kind of events we can do. But that's, I guess, all we can tell you this week. That was our week. <laughs> it's been chaos. I'm sorry we didn't have a proper topic. If you're still here after all this, thank you. Yes, thank you. We'll have <laughs> a more concise topic for next week hopefully maybe and i promise i won't screw up like i did last week i i didn't post the podcast at the right time oh my god yeah i i went to him in the morning i'm like did you post he's like what Just, oh crap i didn't Dude. i didn't so i had to finish editing and then post and it came out friday night instead of friday morning And i didn't even like put it on social media because that is how our life goes yeah so we really need to try to get ahead yeah. We'll we'll try to film two episodes in a week it pretty won't soon. Happen, though, we should try. <laughs> it won't happen. We need to come up with some kind of like first we need a bunch of people to subscribe and then we have to come up with a famous catchphrase that everybody loves and then we'll make hats or t shirts or something. Well it's the duck laugh, but how do you catchphrase that? That's yeah, that doesn't translate to text very well. No. Everyone right. loves the duck laugh though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, until next time, have a good whatever you're doing. Bye.